great power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. Welcome to the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com, the last home for internet comedy. Uh, new comedy articles every single day by the best comedy writers on the internet who are not currently being lashed by SEO robots. So come support us on patreon.com slash 1900hotdog if you enjoy the sensation of laughter. Uh, you can only do it here. We're the last place for it. I'm Fart President Robert Brockway, and with me, as always, is my partner in comedy and farts, President Fart Sean Baby. It's a pleasure to be here. I am a fuckable Jersey Devil cake used to lure in lady Jersey Devils. That was last week. <laughs> today, this week, you are President Fart, goddamn you. Our guest today is editor to the stars, songmaker to the hot dogs, the people's girlfriend, Jamie Kelly. Hey, turns out I'm also here, guys. Congratulations to you. <laughs> uh, thank you. I... Always an honor, never a chore. And and my my condolences for it being this episode. Yeah. Uh, first things first, Robert. How dare you? Uh, what did I? Yeah. What did? Do you have like video footage of me like kicking your dog? What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> uh, I was actually I was kind of mad about Pink Lady, and then I realized uh, <laughs> that was actually Dan McQuaid's fault. So I'm punishing both of you for him. I love. Pink Lady. This movie's okay. a piece of shit. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I liked I liked Pink Lady as an exercise, but it got so frustrating. Like, what are yeah. you doing? Don't do that. Like, it just I. It's like watching a horror movie and yeah. you're just yelling at it's the so screen It's so educational. The time. Like, it's just sort of like God. This is what but like, for comedy four generations for like, ago thought comedy was. Yeah, right. But for comedy, uh, this there's nothing to take from it. There's no redeeming value to this. Uh, no coherent politics this or message from you, or theme. Of course. Yes. Yeah, I'm a shell of a man. Uh, before we get into uh, what what is quite possibly, and what I'm going to argue, is the worst movie that has ever been made and possibly will ever be made, uh, Jamie. Yes. What do you? Where can people find more of you before we burn all of our goodwill here? Okay, well, as of the time of this recording, I am working on uh, and have been working on a large, like, public-facing project, uh, season three of my own podcast, the Approxima podcast, we're wrapping up. And the episodes will start coming out uh, sometime around mid-November. So the easiest way uh, for people that are listening to this right now is to just follow me on one of two Twitter accounts. You can go to my personal main account, which is Jamie Kelly XXX on the Twitter, or if you don't want to see what my insides look like, you can go to the safe account uh, that's for the podcast, and that's at ApproxPod. And uh, you'll eventually be spanned with everything that we have going on very soon. I like that you have a secondary account just for cowards. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if you follow me for my jokes, you're going to see my butt. That's just the fucking deal we've made. If you follow me from my butt, you're going to hear my jokes. It's one or the other. Yep. They could have connected, man. Like, you, you can't understand one without the other. All right. Uh, I'm going to pause and plug our, our sister podcast, Big Feats. 
That is uh, me, Sean, and Jason Pargin talking about the show Mountain Monsters. We're doing a watch-along, watching every single episode, one episode, one podcast. We're going to be doing it until the heat death of the universe because there are nine fucking seasons of that show. Uh, it's a monster-hunting, hillbilly, cryptid reality show that's kind of none of those things. Uh, it's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful. It's Check magical. out Big Feats for magic that will never be captured again. Certainly not... In today's, uh, the subject of today's podcast, which is, here we go, the movie The President Goes to Heaven. Uh, it's, it's, a, it, it's from 2011, I can tell you that, for sure. Uh, it might be a comedy, it might be a medical, uh, political thriller, I'm, I'm not sure what this is. Uh, it's definitely... It's definitely at least an hour and 20 minute long scream uh, from somebody about to get tackled at a Greyhound station. It is pure madness. It's written, directed, and produced by a mystery man named C. Tom. Let's actually just stop here. Give me, let's say Jamie, give me your overall thoughts without getting into specifics about this movie and your experience watching it. Well, okay, the experience of watching it was a son of a bitch. And I hate the both of you. Uh, No one deserves this. Yeah, that's true. But I found, I found like, again, I spent a lot of plates. So the research that I got to do on this movie kind of had to be done at the 11th hour. This movie requires about nine watches, right? I got through Hmm. two and a half. You watched this two and a half times? (laughs) You didn't? Oh my I mean, God. I don't blame you. I don't blame you, but due diligence. But I found, <laughs> because I couldn't keep up with the movie, because it is the mindfuck of all movies. I mean, there is a, a tagline. If you go and look this movie up on IMDb or, or whatever, it's essentially about a, a president that goes to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like all dogs go to heaven. Right, right. What about presidents? But uh, if you go and you look up like the trailer for this movie, they call it a satire. Well, it's not that. That is absolutely going to come into question. But the movie is this, like, nine-tentacled monster of no way of, like, deciphering what the message of the movie is. I'm at a loss for words, and I'm sure you guys are too. (laughs) No, that's appropriate. That's appropriate. You should be— I I think my frustration is, like, the tagline for this movie. Like, it's it's a bunch of question marks, a couple of, like, interrupted by the word fuck a couple times. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Like, I did— I did two and a half times total because I watched like a, I found out about it from a super cut and then I watched the movie to be like, is this anything? And then I watched it again to take the notes and do the clips. So I've watched it about two and a half times, but I would not recommend that to anybody. I would honestly say watching it once is like watching it seven times. Like most of the bits get repeated about seven times. Uh, anytime I would feel like most of the movie contradicts the rest of it and so it's probably a better work of art if you don't watch it i should i shouldn't even say it's a better work of art there's no saving this this is a fucking <laughs> bucket of diarrhea we could break it down by like how many official scenes there are there is an introduction which allows the audience to know that it's a movie about a president sure. there is and that lasts about six minutes that you're watching a movie about a president and then there's like two minutes 
where the president is comes to dire straits and winds up in a coma, and then the entire rest of the 115 minute left of runtime is about watching a, a fever dream of a president in a state of coma. Right. While everybody, every single cast member recites a different conspiracy theory that nobody has ever heard of. Agreed. Well, I've heard of some of these uh, just as a... Alex. Some of these were accurate? They're like a... Yeah, like a lot of the 9-11 stuff was, uh, those are real arguments. Like there's that priest character and he gave a lot of 9-11, like actual 9-11 arguments. And then the ghost of the coma president would con... <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop. We have to get into... Those, okay. sen- those sentences but, all make sense. Right. But we have to, we have but to get... I want to give my, my like, whatever my blue sky take in the movie is that yeah. if this was a, like a 9-11 conspiracy theorist guy. And this is their idea of a satire from their community standards. So like they're already crazy with no sense of reality. And then from there, they're like, what if we were also zany? And so there's no like, um, there's no floor on this house they built. And so it's like most. <laughs> this movie has no. I this, love that as a movie review. There's no floor on this house you built. I know, it's, this, yeah. It's, it's without foundation. There's uh, no foundation to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So you can't really uh, get a handle on anything. Just screaming through the heavens. <laughs> but uh, but also, I want to uh, make it very clear how inept everyone involved in it. So so if they give a line to a, a, a character and they're like, you need to be sarcastic here, or you need to sort of give a wink that what you're saying is the opposite of what you mean, that's beyond everyone's capability. So everything is delivered like a foreign exchange student reading for the first time. And one of the characters actually literally is that. Um <laughs> Uh, I think the president's daughter is played by somebody's gardener who does not speak English. And uh, that uh, that was a bold choice. There are a lot of bold choices like that in the film. Uh, impenetrable politics. Like, I, I imagine the person who I imagine C. Tom is uh, a libertarian uh, in in a way where, like, they have no civic responsibility or they, they just they're a selfish weirdo, I guess, is the quickest way to explain it. Yeah, that the the thing about this C uh, Tom, which is what we'll call him now. There's in the bonus, we'll talk a lot more in depth about this character. But it seems like this is a guy with a, a moral, ethical, and political compass that like points nine different ways. Mm-hmm. Yes, that you can't measure by any metric. No, I have no coming out of uh, what is basically a propaganda movie for his own beliefs. I have no idea what he believes. I have, I I couldn't even tell you which side he's on. So the movie opens in what is supposed to be uh, George uh, W. Bush's home. This this character, the president, is very, very thinly veiled uh, version of George W. Bush, but only as like a complete psychopath sees him. So it's going to take you a while to be like, who the fuck is this? And what is he what is he trying to say? Uh, George W. Bush is, of course, uh, wildly corrupt, rich beyond his wildest dreams. He lives in a two-bedroom Michigan new build, uh, looks like it costs about thirty thousand dollars. You see, uh, you undersell it. I had it as a three-bedroom manufactured home in my notes. I was like, and in my notes, be. I I had notes about the goddamn house too. I thought because I'm from Texas, I thought this is a 1997 McMansion build. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everybody's got it. We this, all got it. This is like lower, definitely lower middle-class starter home yeah. uh, money that they got the rights. They like they keep trying to sell his. Uh, 
his fabulous wealth by the number of servants he has. So they have like <laughs> six people trying to cram into this tiny spot. And it's, it's love, absurd right I, from the I think go. for the sake of explaining the movie, I think it's also important to say on a technical level, this is one of three sets, right? Yes. This, this is, is one of three sets. And I imagine this might be C. Tom's actual house. There's no way it's yes. not. There's no way it's not. I it really loved how... Um, it's definitely, they're trying to make it like, oh, so luxurious. And so like, here's this dinner. They're like, here's your fancy dinner beyond anyone's wildest dreams. And it's two plates of like unripened strawberries. <laughs> and they would, they'd show like the, the, the slaves like cleaning all the, every spot off the grapes. It's just like, this is, he bought $3 worth of fruit and then had someone clean it. And they're like, God, what a, what a luxury. <laughs> the and, luxury. Of. And I love that you mentioned the grapes right away because that plays into like uh, the characters that we're introduced into. Like, so we have the president, right? And uh-huh. then we have, we have a uh, first lady. And right. I imagine like the first lady is supposed to be like a Lady Macbeth kind of person. Okay. And and to show like how cut. shitty I oh well, I know hold on <laughs> uh, <laughs> that the president and the first lady are such like shitty people the uh, when those grapes come into question the first lady is given a line about she says well I see a, did you wipe off those grapes did you wash those grapes or a line like that to show like how persnickety the first yeah. lady is to show how shitty the first lady is mm-hmm. that's character development in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's classy. I will also say one of their servants, the first servant that comes in and sets down a table, is a, is an elderly Indian man or possibly a Pakistani man. That uh, is C. Tom. He's that in this is, movie. I, was, oh, okay. I had that in my notes. Six seconds in on the uh, largest view of the YouTube version of this movie, six seconds in when it says directed by C. Tom, C., old C. Tom, he saunters into the scene. So this could be C. Thomas Howell in... Brownface. <laughs> That's your theory. My theory still holds. I think uh, we, it's important to mention something that I thought was really funny. In the credits, it said, and introducing. I was going through the, the actor credits and said, and introducing. And then literally, I'm not joking, 20 names pop up after introducing. <laughs> it's everybody's it first anything. And it's in this unreadable red, white, and blue font. And it's so fucking funny. Just uh, introducing. And then it's five screens of four names. Hilarious. Like, I, so, yep. unintentional, but hilarious. So this isn't the wildest clip I'm going to play, but we need to establish very early on uh, the quality of of everything. The quality of, of absolutely. I, I'm certain you can hear how bad this looks just by the clip. So, well, uh, before you play the clip, I was going to say uh, my first impressions of this movie, worst porn I've ever seen. Yes, it's, it's yeah. very <laughs> porn. It's very like... Porn in a way that they don't even do porn anymore. I have notes on the production quality of this shit all day long. But let's, yeah, let's do the clip. <laughs> it looks nicer than the porns I make. I, I, so I was like, fine, it's fun. Oh, I can give you some tips, man. We can get that. We can bump that up. I, I don't know. <laughs> you, 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 don't, you don't have to settle for this. <laughs> this is, nobody has to fuck like this. this is, uh, I feel like setting uh, up lighting is terrible foreplay. Not if you do it right, man. Look, I, I, I bet, okay. We all do romance. I bet. I've been on worse sets. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's much more professional than this. I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you. People have their actual dicks out and are way more professional <laughs> than this. So this clip is the president. Uh, he is. All we know about him so far is that he is going to retire. Uh, 
with his wife and they're gonna go see the world and uh, this is the conversation that happens. Honey, you remember during our honeymoon we were sitting on the pier and you wish upon the star? <laughs> that I want to spend a whole year cruising This fucking calliope-ass music <laughs> yeah, the whole yes, time. I remember. <laughs> it seems like just yesterday. My, my, how time does fly. <laughs> the acting. I was always so busy. I had to have time to build my nest egg in my career. Now, now, all of these people are wearing clothes. And I'm retired. And we have time, time money, fame, and everything else we could ever imagine. Second and take. Second take. No, they, did, they nailed it. I'm glad you finally got around to, to it. To, you have to so it. many great, powerful friends around the world. People whom you have... You have made them powerful, and you've made them what they are today. You could spend a whole year cruising around the world, just visiting your friends. I think we could spend a couple of years watching the fish in the oceans, the antelope in the savannas, (laughs) the flowers in the mountains. More things. The fish in the oceans. We're going to go watch (laughs) the fish in the oceans. Ladies and gentlemen. The president. <laughs> the president of the United States of America. An actual movie. Somebody filmed all of that. They they did it on purpose. It's not a school play. It's not a C minus in a school play. I, I want to get a, this because I will keep saying that there's 20 million ways I'm going to say this throughout this. So let me just get it out of the way right now. These actors had just had their lines handed to them. And they're constantly looking at the camera, off camera, and there's no eye line. Let me try to put it into words. If I was teaching a fourth grade theater class and you gave me this play, I would put a plastic bag over your head and I would <laughs> I would watch the light go out of your eyes. <laughs> and I <laughs> this, uh, Look, that's harsh, but let's leave it in because it's very true. It's uh that's about accurate. It's it's one of the worst things just just quality-wise on any level I've ever seen. It's uh, it's incredible, but uh, well, that's our baseline. You got to remember right. as we talk about this, that's the uh, that's the quality, of the actors, the sound, that's the lines that they're delivering. There's fucking mad calliope music behind it for no reason. They're gonna sync up for no reason. Well, the mad <laughs> like the mad calliope music is because I guess the director thinks that this is a farce, so he's gonna pick farciful, you know. <laughs> Royalty free music. No, he, he thought it was a crowd pleasing NSYNC song. He's like, oh. this is a, a, a hot pop song. Yeah, he, he saw a hashtag description in the royalty free fucking website that he got this from and it said clown. And he goes, perfect, perfect. perfect. Yeah, soundtrack, soundtrack by a circus monkey somewhere just dancing for his, his nickels. It's a, it's a choice. Uh, here, so, so he's, <laughs> we're still establishing what a piece of shit this guy is. Right. And, uh, that's, How well, we that's do the that? main thing. That's the main thing of the establishment is that I don't recommend anybody watch this movie. Just know that everything that we're talking about right now is existing in like the first six minutes of the movie and is to establish that the president's an asshole. Right. Yes. He literally says uh, he says he doesn't care about vet. Somebody comes in and says they're here for a veterans group for injured veterans. He says all <laughs> veterans can go to hell. Yeah. In case <laughs> that just makes it very clear. <laughs> <laughs> in case you were wondering his stance on that his wife tells him that he doesn't have to hold ugly babies anymore and they're both very relieved by that this is a fucking dead-on mean-spirited trump parody like god damn it that's exactly what yeah. i was gonna say yeah. i was gonna say i had to remind myself 20 minutes in 
that this was not this is not current. This is yeah. from 2011. <laughs> it fucked me up when I saw it. I went back and I went, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. He's like a wizard. Because you think like no one would just come out against like veterans and ugly people. You're just like, no, wait, Donald Trump fucking did that like nine or ten different times. <laughs> almost like almost word for word. I, I like that he was predicting the future because he was not. He was five years too late, at least, to be current. Right. In 2011, he's like, I'm going to take down George W. Bush. <laughs> it was so huh, weird. Are you? Yeah, is, that, I, is it time for that? I, I was probably 30 minutes in before I realized that was supposed to be George W. Bush, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it takes a long time because it's so fucking all over the place. You mm-hmm. have no idea what this guy's agenda is. I got a note on 2011. Look. When you look at the five movies that this guy's made, and it's and the only information that we have is that it exists on IMDb, like uh, three fifths of them all say 2011. So I think these movies were actually made earlier, and he discovered IMDb at 2011 and just marked them all as 2011 at the date that he created his own account. That's a interesting theory. It's it's probably true because I mean no one could make three movies like this in one year. You need, like, an entire weekend to make a movie like this. I know at least this one was made in 2010, uh, for a reason we will get to in the bonus podcast, where we dig into the guy, the actors, the behind the scenes of why this exists. Sweet. Uh, but at the very least, this one was made was made in 2010. So, yes, it was many, many years too late to be dunking on Bush, in, especially in this way, which is incomprehensible right just completely incomprehensible and way too on the so, nose to be dunking on trump and yet way too on the nose and several years ahead of dunking on trump uh god this is our prophet fuck uh, when you, <laughs> so so george he'll only be called the president so when the president says uh you become president he got a special account in a Swiss bank, which is how a child would describe it. And all the gas companies and war profiteers mm-hmm. put 10% of all profits in the secret account yeah. as payment for him, like, endorsing them and letting them ruin the world. Yeah. Uh, it's called the president tax. It's called the, it's called, it's, ba- it's basically called the president tax. And then you get a it's all behind code. a secret code yeah. that he forgot. He forgot the secret forgot. code, but he wrote a clue to it on a, on a random piece of copy paper that he found mm-hmm. in, like, an old photo album. Exactly. But, yeah, he was he was uh, rifling through papers, and just it just happened to be one single sheet of uh, eleven by eight. Then no, something the happens. That's yeah. That was that was the thing. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a clue, and he says, "My God, that's right. Well, it's in the last place anybody would look." And I would like you to completely forget about that because that does not pay off. Yeah, this never or, pays off. It's nothing. Was it the actual answer or was it a clue? Because I think what like the tragedy that's implied was that he found it and then the thing happens. I think I think what here's my theory. I think the code is we'll get to this. The code is in the box. I think that's why he was because he leaves, he sees that piece of paper and says, Oh, that's the last place anybody would look. And then he gets up to go to the garage. Right. And goes to a mysterious box, and they find him laying on top of it. He has had a stroke, gotcha. and he is in a coma. Uh, the first thing everybody asks the doctor is whether or not he believes in pr- the power of prayer. Uh, uh-huh. I just—I want to say uh, the last place uh, I'd look is not your mysterious secret box in your garage. I'm saying if I'm looking for something <laughs> and I find a mysterious box in your garage, I'm like, well, okay, we'll open that last. It's probably nothing in there. <laughs> and looking for secret codes surrounded by what is anywhere from 8 to 14 people <laughs> yeah. buzzing around him. Yeah. 
that's the theme of the film is to like hatch a scheme privately in front of like 20 random like butlers and nurses and <laughs> so we know we only know all of this that he's had the stroke that he's in a coma because we cut away to I guess what I'm supposed to think is a reporter uh, doing a newscast what it actually is is like a long haired line cook in like a men's warehouse suit <laughs> Love that guy. No equipment, no microphone, no camera, no like ticker on the bottom of the screen to make you think like this is a newscast. It's just a guy standing in the street in a $60 suit. Uh, The president's down. We've been formed by the worst reporter that's ever been on television. That that reporter, Uh, like, I want to say um, Chubby Edgar Winters. It reminds me of like when like a four year old gets up and does like a show in front of the family. Like, it's like a child, like a very tiny child doing a newscaster. I mean, that's this that's this entire movie is like a four year old doing a show about like this terrible 4chan sub forum. They they landed on accidentally (laughs) and they want to explain it to their parents through the medium of of play of stage play. Yeah, it's that's what this movie is. Did you get the vibe from that newscaster that he was maybe like a wrestler? Like maybe a low tier, maybe wrestler. like a local, not a not a not a professional. No, not a professional. Be. I have in my notes exactly Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. playing a wrestler. Yeah, that's that's what like it is. from Twister, like specifically yeah. from Twister. And adds, uh, adds nothing. Adds nothing. <laughs> Subtract a lot of charm, uh, but add add absolutely nothing. That's just the quality that we're playing with. So. Everybody in the world has crowded into the president's tiny hospital room. The president of the United, former president in the United States of America, gets, uh, I want to say, like a poverty level hospital room. <laughs> like it's barely big enough for his bed. And, and of course, it's what they could afford. And everybody crams into it a priest, two doctors, a nurse, two secret servicemen, his daughters, and the first lady all crammed in here. And the priest begins to pray. And this is. This is legitimately one of the more beautiful parts of this movie, this prayer, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna play a little clip of it here. He gave everything in his pocket, in the collection plate, every week. And we were grateful for this. He gave an extra $10 in Thanksgiving to help feed the poor. Mm-hmm. Wow, what's that smell? It smells like the president just dropped a bomb. Let us continue our prayers in another room. Damn it, he has no control. Call the doctor. Who's in charge? This has got to be stopped. (laughs) One time in the president's house, an employee passed gas in the Great Hall. He had security beat him up, arrest him, charged him with treason for attacking the president with deadly chemicals. Wait, wait for the first lady. He never passing gas or anything like that. He hated broccoli because it made gas. Gray wanted to put up with all this nonsense. I'm not putting up with nothing. I will not tolerate anything like this. I have a funeral in 10 minutes. Excuse me. We changed the president. Safety Time for a hand jump. Let's continue with our prayer service. God damn. I have a funeral in 10 minutes. And this, the, the decisions, every fucking line. Somehow that's a punchline. It's so fucking weird. I love it. That fucked so, me up so bad. Let's, let's recap a little bit. So yeah. there, this priest is praying over the, the president. He stops because the president farted so badly that everybody had to leave the room. Yeah. The first lady got extremely mad that he is allowed to fart and that he is currently farting. Uh, she commiserates with somebody about how angry the president 
gets it farts right uh to the extent that he kills people if they fart around him and has a has a death vendetta against broccoli uh the doctor comes in to tell them don't worry everybody we stopped the farts and then they all go back into to continue talking about how he destroyed iraq and killed babies right absolutely i love it double fart interruption no jokes i Wrote my notes. I still don't think this is comedy. I know that it was Channel 69, and I know we just had a long scene about farts. But I was like, I feel like this is a person who just uh, thinks farts are very uh, an important part of life. Uh, but th- it doesn't ring like someone trying to make someone laugh. Well, I don't think they knew the punchline was, I have to get to a funeral. Yeah. In 10 <laughs> yeah. No, no. Every bit of comedy, it comes completely from the other side of being inept. <laughs> so, so we're still... We're still in this scene. They bring in a Catholic priest this time to do more prayers. And of course, all the prayers are just real heavy handed exposition delivered straight to camera about how much George Bush sucks Um, and how he's a murderer and he destroyed Iraq. I think it's very important to say, like, I don't know, like, this is almost 20 minutes in when we get to this point, right? When I saw this, where they start, like, cycling through clergymen. Yeah, they're cycling through. That one static shot, this like broke my brain i couldn't like i was like how much how much more of this can i watch because everything about it is so inept um well, it's because they don't end the scene like the catholic never priest ends. comes a, in to do it a it lasts for a thousand years that yes. was that was the thing that got me right away but like as a person that makes stuff um it's one it's a camera on a tripod there's no cutaway shots there's no singles there's no there's nothing it's one single shot and in order to, like, edit, uh, like, garbage footage, they just do these, like, one-second dissolve fades from one line delivery to the next. And whatever he's trying to do with, like, cycle all these clergymen through, it's all played by the same actors, Skinny Santa Claus, that plays a Catholic priest and I, maybe a Protestant and a uh, – well, we'll get to the Muslim bit and a, a – you know. <laughs> but, like, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, this yeah. was – this hurt me. I didn't yeah, know if I could make it through the rest of the movie. What was a mistake and what was intentional. And like when like the first time it was the same actor, I was like, am I supposed to not know this? Like, it's just because I'm fine suspending my disbelief. You know, I understand like some things are Japanese puppeteers. You don't you just don't pay attention to everything. But Here's where for the first time, just naked anti-Semitism comes in. Just like. Right. 1950s caliber, open, open Jew hating to an yeah. incredible degree. But since this was 2011, uh, if he were to take this movie 20 years back, this might have had a um, not kind hearted, but an understandable type of zaniness to it. Like, oh, this is like during the era where it was like, haha, edgy racism, but obviously far too late for it. Uh, and I. I want to remind everyone, I think this movie's trying to be a comedy. I'm not apologizing for it, but I think uh, this might not be, at least by the author's intent, hate speech. It is. It 100% is. I just don't know if he meant for it to be. It probably is. It is. Yes. And he did mean it to be. Good. (laughs) He might have have still thought that was funny. Right. Uh, I will will take that one away from you. But (laughs) but no, he is. I was trying to add context, and I think I just muddied the waters. I believe you. Because you did the actual C. Thomas Howell research. <laughs> it's really inept 
bad faith humor. That's what it is. But it's also like not really bad faith. It turns out <laughs> it turns right. out you should listen when people tell you. Uh, and he is <laughs> it's 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 understandable that you didn't because what he is telling you is just fucking nonsense. Just nonsense yes. words strung together. But but at the end where they give one envelope of money to each of the holy men, the Jewish man demands to and they give it to him. And finally, we bring in. The, uh, the Muslim holy man, and it, he, has, he says a lovely prayer, and they're all on board, and then he says the name Allah at the end, and they arrest him. If, if you, like, watch the, uh, the Secret Service person, uh, that if you're looking at screen, it's going to be, like, to your right. Um, when, the, when the Muslim clergyman comes in, the Secret Service person, he, like, puts his finger up to his headphone or whatever, and he does a little nod. As if to say, oh, no, we know what's going to happen with this guy. Before he ever says the Allah bit, mm-hmm. like there's like he, he smelled the Allah on this Islamic priest before he even opened his mouth. He's like, this guy's going to say something about Allah. <laughs> I, how did he guess? Like, we how already know, we already know we're going to bring this guy into the hallway. We're just waiting for that oh, key right. word. <laughs> oh, so he was just ahead in the scene. Right. I think. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They were feeding him his lines in the scene like two minutes. That's what it actually was. They were feeding lines. <laughs> Am I crazy or was this like two or two of the five other priests in brown face? I, I, I don't. It's all the same guy. It's all the same guy. OK, good. It's all skinny Santa Claus. Yeah, it's all the same guy. And that guy is also several other guys in the movie. There are not that many right. actors in this movie because actors cost up to nine hundred dollars per movie and nobody can afford that. That's really expensive. That's, that's unreasonable. Uh the studios are right. <laughs> studios are I right did, to cancel talks. I did like how, <laughs> how they openly conspired to murder him for saying the word Allah. And then I had they explained it to her like, dude, that just means God in a different language, you fucking idiot. And she's like, okay, can we still at least murder him? And they take him into the hall and murder him. And uh, yeah, the button is they murder him. The yeah. button is uh, two buttons to the head. Two buttons to the head. In a two less private room. They're like, let's take him to a less private area and murder him. Well, the, best, <laughs> the best sound effects in the world, just some guy hitting a hammer on some plywood yeah. three times Nailed in it. a row. It's perfect. Yeah, the, didn't, the even, Foley work. didn't even download fucking gunshot one dot wave. <laughs> I just like that they they settled on that. The worst way to end the scene on this scene that I want to say takes 20 minutes, this gag of rotating priests. It goes yeah. on so long Agreed. and they don't know where to end it, but they do know where to end it. And that's that is shooting. uh a Muslim holy man in the head three yeah. times. Uh, what, was, what was the line that the one Secret Service guy said? Like, well, we do this all the time. And then yeah. they, yeah. they yeah, take yeah, him out the hall the and they proceed to do it. It's like one of those things. It's probably true, but also like not really commentary like you think. But they also don't. I don't know. I, I, it's it's kind of that um, conspiratorial thinking where like nothing means anything. There's no difference between good or bad or smart or dumb. Like eh, whatever. You just fucking whatever. You just wing it. You just wing any conspiracy. It's mostly just improv work. Right. Um, so here's where the first of the diversions that takes it from just like political idiocy into true surrealism. And that's that they decide to have the president himself, who is in a coma, who is lying mm-hmm. on the, the bed. We will now cut away to him, I guess, in limbo. And what limbo looks like is a green screen of that same two bedroom from the start. So yeah. he's trapped in the dining room. You can have a green screen go anywhere in the world, <laughs> fictional places, and they're like, no, I can't afford anything but that same two-bedroom. But in uh, the text mansion. of the film, I think he's in the hospital, because I think he's talking to the 
trying to talk to the people in the hospital room. Yes. Well, but they is, did not film the background of that. Right. It's right. a complete mystery because if this is the director's house, then why did he have to green screen it? I agree. Right. Why you could do anything as a green screen or you could just film in, in the house. What the fuck it's, is going on? It's choices like that that let you know this is a true madman. Like the, the, yes. there's no reason for this. Uh, there's uh, oh, there's it's, my it's just something. Genius. <laughs> but, well, that's what I mean is sometimes there's madness that can be mistaken for genius, but no one would mistake this for genius. This is, this is just something a normal or smart person would never do. So now we have the, the ghost of the comatose president is now a major character in this movie, and he will deliver exposition to the camera, just like every other character will deliver right. exposition to the camera. And you have to factor that in. Uh, so they wheel him in for like a medical inspection. And what we do while they're doing that, we stay in the hallway with the chief physician. And I don't know who the hell these other people were supposed to be. Just lobbyists, other politicians, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it, I'm, I doubt they even had a name. And they're here to ask about the Comb Award in this wing. And the chief physician first brags that they have 300 coma patients, which is... Again, one of those things you're probably not supposed to think is funny. Yeah. But that's hilarious that you <laughs> think. Very funny. Very funny number to choose. <laughs> of all the numbers to choose. That's like a spaceship. That's the funniest. That's like a, <laughs> that's like a settler yeah. spaceship. Like these are. Yeah, that's cold storage. <laughs> uh, uh, so they have 300 coma patients in this ward, and they say they have some concerns. And one of, one of the lobbyists asks about the teen beauty queen who was in a coma in this ward for five years and then got pregnant in that coma. And the doctor says they, that's too bad they offered to perform an abortion, but the parents were Catholic and didn't want an abortion. And he says this line for line, who knows, maybe that kid would grow up to be president. Uh, do, you, do you have a guess at what the agenda is of this man at this point in this scene? I took this as a outright confession because you focused on the abortion part but i focused on how there were probably five to six sentences about how like how could you resist a beautiful young lady oh, that comes to next okay and i have a clip of that okay i thank god because that's i did not want to try to explain that thing in the first place doctor look the girl was 15 when she was admitted in the coma ward she was as pretty as an angel though comatose men will be men if you find a beauty queen lying there offering no Oof. resistance, how long can a man resist? Especially if you have Forever. to clean your whole body, including private parts, oh God. clothe and feed her every day. <laughs> the president is in no such danger. He's not young. Clothe and feed. End, of, besides, end of list. Yes. End of things keeping him out of danger. The shocking thing is that nobody was prosecuted for that crime. The police department could not even identify the culprit. Isn't that something? I think there was a cover-up. The father of the child was identified. Ugh. It was very easy with DNA tests. Why was he not prosecuted? He told the police he was only one of many who took advantage of that girl and many other Don't patients. Don't worry, oh Drake. Past I'm years. having it. <laughs> he didn't want to be the fall guy. Uh. So the prosecutor decided to close the book on the case after oh the girl died. God. What? She died? How did the girl die? <laughs> after the child was born, one day she was We're found still going. dead. She stopped breathing. They still haven't changed the laws, and these things are still going on in your coma wards. 
for many perverts, getting a job in this coma ward is like going to heaven. <laughs> it's like going to heaven. For many, for okay. many perverts, I won't speak for all of them, okay. but for a, a good segment of the pervert population, they would love to be in your coma ward of sexual assault. What the I, fuck was that fucking, that was felt like 20 minute bit. a full confession. The writer of that scene, if he met an unconscious person, it would not even occur to them to not get it pregnant. Right, there was no condemnation, like at all. Like, Just if this excuse was an, after excuse. If it was an agenda, like can you believe these people are doing this? Somebody would have offered some resistance to the idea that maybe it's not okay, and nobody in that scene does. They think it's a yeah. shame, yeah, uh, that it happened. But they, the, when he says, "Who could resist?" They're all like, "Yep." Yeah, dude, I get it, it's man. We've all been there. Whew. Fe- feeding and clothing a person, oh, gets me rock hard too. That was part of the list. Feeding and clothing. That was his word choice and everything. That was his list. Again, this is weirdly prescient to like that terrible president we had. Because he had this tweet at one point where he's like, there was like a a sexual assault scandal in the military. And Donald Trump's reaction to that was, yo, what'd you expect? God, come on. You put guys and girls together. Come on. Like as if like it just would not occur to him to not rape. You're actually starting to convince me that maybe this was yeah, like an act of prophecy. <laughs> yeah, this is an act of prophecy, this whole movie. It felt like it the whole way I was watching through it. I couldn't believe that this was something that occurred in 2011, probably 2008. <laughs> right. See, I didn't even put that together. I was just like, this is fucking madness. Let's try to figure out what the agenda is. But so far, the agenda is everybody watch out for Trump. He's coming. <laughs> yep. Some Nostradamus <laughs> shit. Maybe we're sharpshooter fallacy saying this. But. That's why That's why this man was a mystery and disappeared off the face of the earth, is he got sucked back to whatever time he came from, where, where he went to warn us through the medium of, the only medium that survived the apocalypse, which is terrible movies filmed in a living room. And the powers that be recognized that he was too powerful and he had to be stopped. Uh, so the guy that was talking mo- for most of that clip, we we heard a few guys. We heard like uh, incredulous white guy. We heard uh, a sexual assault Dracula, and the main guy that that says like that fifteen year old girl who could resist. He had to clean all of her holes. A man is just a man. Uh, that character is named Chief Physician. Uh, he's in the movie quite a bit. Just note that down okay. for the Chief. bonus episode. I already have we'll explain yep. why that's important. Oh boy. <laughs> I noticed uh, the president himself was in this scene in a clever disguise. I think he wore a hat. Is, am I thinking of the in right scene? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's in several scenes because they don't have up to five people. Nope. You got to round out the number somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you have four people in this movie. I just, and the hat, some of them are recycled. The hat wasn't enough. If they gave him like a mustache or like some funny glasses, I'd be like, okay, I'm not supposed to think that's the president. But I was like, Okay, so the president got up and he's sneaking out with this crew of people. Like for, for I thought 40, it was just his ghost? Yeah, for like 40 seconds. Casual? Yeah, I thought it was either his ghost or an escape attempt. <laughs> it was his ghost just like hanging out. I don't know, I got nothing better to do. Just put on a hat. <laughs> or, or like planting the seed that like someone should have sex with an unconscious body. He's like, hey guys, you know what's great is all these... Un-. They're like, oh no, the president's in no such danger. He's not young. He's super ugly. He's not young. Oh, no, guys, he's not so old. He's kind of handsome, right? Huh? Uh, God, these if are dark jokes. Young, Jamie, cut, cut all of this. Cut all of this, Jamie. Never, never. But like, seriously, <laughs> the hallmarks of an auteur. I, I still, <laughs> I profess this man's genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm coming around a little bit. I started off 
I started off not, but but we'll see what other predictions come true. <laughs> uh, so there's a bit in here about that they rail on about how the president uh, doesn't have enough insurance for his health monitoring, <laughs> despite the fact that he has 10% of all war profits the, the world has ever generated. That's all tied uh, up in secret treasure box, though. You can't, right. you can't get to it. That was unfair of me. I'm going to take that back. <laughs> He's not liquid right now. All of his cash is in treasure box. Is <laughs> in the is in the box of the head of his enemies. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. He does keep a head. Uh, it's not. It's not yet. And it was. It was through like a family circus misunderstanding. It was like. <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. It's, okay, not, okay. it's not yet. Uh, the first lady comes in to co- talk to her, now comatose, half-comatose ghost husband. He argues with her from the hospital ghost plane. I, I'm so lost as to what this is supposed to be. Because neither can, can allegedly, like, interact with each other, but right. they're still having conversations. They're both really concerned for his reputation amongst all of these things. Like, if anything comes out, it's his reputation that's going to suffer. Uh, some documents have been leaked about the 111 attacks, uh, so that we don't get sued by 9/11. <laughs> now, just because I've only seen this two and a half times, this is before we have an actual medium. Uh, yes, yeah, true. right. Who is wholly unnecessary because we're having these conversations now. Yeah. I feel like he realized, like somebody said, how are they, how do they understand each other? He's like, oh, I'll write a medium in, but we got to use all that old footage. Yeah, there was a moment here I have in my notes that I was very confused by. I doubt we'll find the answer today, but it felt like the characters in the movie had been convinced by the right wing media that they were the ones who put him in a coma and they themselves had help. So they have inserted themselves into a conspiracy theory from the television they watch. Did did this? Am I making sense to you? Is this was this your take on it? It makes sense, but it sounds like you're constantly grasping at things that would help make this make logical sense. And there's nothing. There's nothing there. It's just pure madness. (laughs) Well, I feel like like the writer of the movie doesn't have an understanding of other people or empathy for other people. And so he's like, he tries to imagine all these sheep that just believe the media and like what they must think. And so when he's trying to picture them, he's picturing like such an idiot that they themselves have been tricked to to rewrite their own history to suit the narrative of of Alex Jones or whatever whoever they're listening to uh maybe i i, I again I, maybe i'm doing what you're saying i'm trying to find a thread of logic but yeah I've, that's one of the dumbest things i've ever heard but it's also way too smart for this movie. Oh, so I no. don't think that's... No, no, I, no, I get no, it. no. We all get credit for trying because it's this is torture. This movie's torture. I'm not saying Sean's stupid for saying that. I'm saying that uh, the person who would do that would be executing one of the dumbest things it I've would, ever heard. But it I think would this hurt my feelings if you said I was stupid, but I didn't. I didn't take it that way. No, no. I, I'm saying you would be very stupid if you were doing that. I think this guy's too stupid to be doing the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yes, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying now. My feelings are hurt, though, for the record. <laughs> That's okay. Just so long as they're hurt for the right reason. Uh, so they leaked some documents about the 111 attacks, TMTM. Uh, he talk, where we openly admit that George Bush personally killed the weapons inspectors, which I don't think was ever part of that scandal. I, I don't think he, I don't recall that. 
I don't think he ran out there with a knife and stabbed them all as they were trying to inspect weapons. I don't think that's what the scandal was. I think his Republican approval rating would have gone up so high if he was actually seen on TV murdering a man with a knife. He would still be president. Yeah. And maybe things would be better. (laughs) I would never would have said that 20 years ago. But today... Maybe things would have been better. Maybe he should have gone out there and killed the weapons inspectors with a knife. Uh, he, per- he personally mailed anthrax to every senator who voted against the Patriot Act. That's totally <laughs> so normal. He was, uh, George W. Bush was personally responsible for the anthrax scare. So that was him. It was from his home address. He mailed it from the White House. Yeah, I feel like... Uh, that would explain his coma if he's just completely covered in trace amounts of anthrax. That, <laughs> makes, finally, that makes sense. His health problems. Finally, he talks at length about how uh, he had Saddam Hussein, who and this is called Gotham, which is just a so fucking weird. Yeah, it took me forever to be like that. Has that word has so many actual associations? That, like, why would you use that word? Yeah, that's where fucking finally, Batman lives, you dumbass. <laughs> You can't you can't take that as a Saddam Hussein pseudonym, but that's what he that's what he means when he talks about how he has Gotham's head on a silver platter, which is I swear to God the Joker has said that exact line. Yeah, word for word. There it is. There's your connection. <laughs> and we chipped away one percent of the mind of a madman. We're going down this this deep deep hole where George W. Bush may have personally killed every single major political figure of the last hundred years but hold on and uh, we're going to go into the next sound clip here people still believe in you you know honestly they do I'll set the record straight honey I will I will excuse me ma'am I'm here to change the president's diaper (laughs) so you need to come back in about two hours Two hours. Because <laughs> I am going to go to town on this unconscious body. How could I resist? Changing a diaper. The most erotic. Oh, God. The, that fucking unopened box of Depends is is at least 25 scenes. They're just parading that. That is probably the, the principal character of the film is that, that box That's of Depends. That's probably the, the single prop that costs the most money yeah in this movie is an unopened box of depends they <laughs> i i didn't ca- i started uh, noticing the diapers uh and changing an unconscious body's poopy pants early in the movie and i was like i should probably count how many times they make reference to uh farts and butts and poo poo uh it's in the 30s i i didn't yep. like keep a real a tally but um oh there's there's an underscore of a certain like fetish going on with this guy Absolutely. No this is, question. I am going to say, the C-plot of this movie is uh, President Butt stuff. President yep. Poop and Butt stuff is legitimately, there's an arc for the poop. Uh, it gets some closure at the end. You're right. <laughs> and, yeah, there's, god damn. It's, uh, that's the C-plot of this movie is President Poopy Pants. Is the name of the brand Depend or Depends? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like they might have made a custom diaper bag. You're right. It's a it's a box of Depend. He was worried about getting sued by Depend. That's he was, what was worried about getting sued by 9-11. 9-11 was going to get him. The brand looks like it's called Depend. And somehow in the vernacular, we've decided to say Depends. Okay, so it's, oh, okay. It's, it is actually Depend. So Depend can sue him for this. Perhaps yeah. we should inform them. Yeah, that's a real box of diapers. <laughs> <laughs> in every sense he of the word. He wasn't willing to say 
He wasn't willing to say 9-11. This whole movie's a fucking box of diapers. But he's, he's willing to put an actual brand name front and center. Where also, the B-plot is sort of a medical drama. The A-plot is, is the president, the money, the secret money. Is he going to come out of the coma? B-plot is like, there's like some doctors. They're having a little mini medical drama. And they are deciding to map the president's brain activity. President's brother was We need to change the president's diaper and, and wash him up. I need you to come back in about two hours. <laughs> That's right. They did the scene again, almost word for word, about 30 seconds later. You need to come back in about two hours. Again. <laughs> I love that it's because there's not visiting hours. It's about two hours. Like, I have a thing to do, and it's going to take, give or take, 120 minutes to wrestle <laughs> this dirty diaper off of the president and put a new one on. It's the wildest decision to use that same joke, which was never good, uh, twice within a minute, word for word. Word for <laughs> Just word. Just to interrupt the scene twice. This, uh, <laughs> aside from the poopy pants, there's a lot of weird stuff going on here because the ghost president... It starts uh-huh. watching a 9-11 conspiracy video, a 1-11 yes. conspiracy video. In and the ghost he, world. Yes. And for a while, he's arguing against it as if like, hey, I didn't do any of this shit. And then he decides, okay, I did it. But he has like fussy notes about it. He's like, come on, I wouldn't use a, con- a controlled demolition. Come on, I wouldn't do something so fucking obvious. Uh, no, I would let it. Wait, no, let's say this right. He says, and this is, I, I guess the director's like joke on like Bushisms. Because it right. happens, I think, two, maybe three times in the movie. He says, oh, the me if thing, me yeah. did this, yeah. me wouldn't have blank, blank, blank. Yeah, he does that uh, at least twice. And, at first, um, I thought it was horrible writing. But then it repeated. So I had to think, okay, this is purpose. Like, what, what, so right. then you knew it was horrible writing. It's super Tim and Eric. It's like... Like you can see, like at one point in the Tim and Eric writing process, they're like, me, me, I'm a tan man. And you're like, okay, how do, <laughs> how do they get there? That's like so genius and insane. And then this movie does it and you're like, wait, this is just insane. The 9-11 conspiracies, Sean, you're more versed in this. You say the what the what this video is talking about is like a the, legit conspiracy. It's that it's not making it up. Yeah, these well. are kind of old like like talking yeah. points from truthers, and the president is debunking them. Uh, kind of, okay. I don't know, but not as himself, as like someone might think the president might debunk them. It's very strange. Being well-versed more in these conspiracy theories, uh, is there a reason why he's actually watching the movie in the ghost plane and not in reality? <laughs> because the movie is not playing in reality, it's playing in the ghost plane. Right. Uh, no, that, that, as far okay. as I know, that doesn't have any uh, And uh, why did they conspiracy. have a bald man in a wig? Uh, looks who's looking at the ceiling the entire time be the anchor delivering the report? Uh, he represents uh, the truth we carry with us in our heart. That, uh, uh, there it is. <laughs> that's, uh, that's concealed beneath yes, the bad it's wigs. Concealed. Yep. I was trying to figure out, was that character supposed to be like an uh, Assange? It was, it was, I, I genuinely have no idea who that character is. Um, I have no idea what that was supposed to be, what that was supposed to achieve. Maybe? Uh, there must be... It's the priest is such a bold choice. I mean, there must be a priest involved in 9-11 conspiracies. I don't know of them, though. I was going to say, I really like that uh, we meet the president's family. Like they come in and like get really pissed off about his farts. But his daughter is like a Latina lady who clearly does not speak English. And she's like reading cue cards phonetically. And I thought that's a really funny choice for the president to have like a foreign born daughter a biological yeah was that commentary i don't think it was i think they didn't have enough cast yeah i think they just don't know any white ladies 
<laughs> so so the president's family comes in and they're having like familial drama there, uh, which is supposed to be like the scandals around the, the Bush kids about how they were too wild and they're having drinking problems. Dad, we won't be visiting you anymore. You stink like a dead dog. We can't stand it. I can't put my honey poo through this. <laughs> the C-plot advances. And notice the writer put poop into the sweet talk, the, the lover name of the uh, character. Honey poop. Ah, to, bring, to bring to mind poop without actually saying it. Yes. <laughs> so we are getting very preoccupied with the C-plot. It's getting a lot of airtime in this section, which yeah, is that the president true. has pooped himself and uh, will continue to poop himself nonstop throughout the movie. Uh, the first lady here gets an update from the chief physician, and he explains uh, they finally figured out why the president is showing so much brain activity. And that's because there's a mosquito right. flying around his head making noise, and that's how they can prove he's responsible uh, he's responsive to sound. And the first lady says, a mosquito? Why, every time he sees a mosquito, he screams and shouts and curses. And the doctor says, we figured that! <laughs> they These are really att- excellent uh, line reads. It's exactly how they say it in the film. <laughs> what they did was they attached electrical sensors to his vocal cords so that they could tell he was, he's been trying to scream this entire time. <laughs> He's been trying to speak with all these terrible poops. He's trying to communicate. I really like they have a press conference about how he kind of moved his finger, but they can't verify that he moved his finger. And that's it. Then the fucking press conference is over. Just like, hey, yeah, some somebody, they're kind of a liar, said that he moved his hand. All right. No questions. Bye. Wait, when that happened, did you notice like somebody threw a CD or a DVD at the side of his bed when that happened? Yeah. What the yeah. fuck was that? Yeah, what is that, that was mean? weird. Yeah, what was that? I don't, I don't fucking. And that know. was, that was somehow the proof that he moved his finger. Okay, so they have a, <laughs> someone's just returning. They borrowed that from the president years ago, and they're like, now's my chance to return it. So there were, there was a DVD playing. Uh, it gets ejected, and I think maybe it was supposed to like somehow get ejected and fall next to him, and then his hand moves. But what actually happens is somebody visibly, you can see their hand, <laughs> yeah, walks up and throws it at his hand, and then they're yeah. like, his hand moved. Yeah, like, that was we didn't, so weird. It's the, between that and the like random pause to do mosquito brain scan shit. Like, there's just genuine non-political lunacy. Like, yeah. this is genuinely somebody breaking down from a lack of medication somehow. And, uh, remember the secret box? They bring up the secret box in here. That there's a bit about the documents in the garage sent to the presidential library. Again, fucking weirdly prophetic about all these stolen documents. I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, okay. Uh, she, the nurse has to change the president again. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, take about two hours to see it. About, about two hours. Uh... Then they talk about the secret box and the first lady's like, oh, there's a secret box. I do not know the combination to the secret box. What could be inside the secret box? If you can't find the combination, just let them break the lock. So it's like, so these are the stakes of the movie, right? That they're getting inside this fucking magic treasure box. And normally you would want to tell the audience, oh, here's why you wouldn't be able to just open it, right? Like, oh, you can't just break the lock. It will explode or something. And here they do the exact opposite. They pay lip service to the thing everyone is thinking, where it says, yeah, just fucking take a hammer, pop open the box. So the, the, the thing keeping the stakes of the movie from real, being realized right now is uh, that it is, it's an expensive lock. It's right. It's like a $30 lock. Yeah, come on. Like, I, I don't want to break it. Don't want to break it. President, I want that again after he's done 
blasting these two-hour turds into these depends. <laughs> Which he is not. Let's get out of here. Two hours. Changing the president again. Uh, back to the medical drama. The president's kidneys have failed. All right. But there's a wait list. But they can skip it. But they won't because that's unethical. But it's only unethical because he made it illegal for people to bypass the waiting list. But the first lady, who is deeply corrupt, draws the line here and won't won't do it for the kidney. But the doctor suggests they could get kidneys from abroad, but not from Chinese ones, says the first lady. Not because she's racist, but because they get them from executed Chinese prisoners. And she doesn't want the kidneys of a criminal in her husband's body. I loved all of this because uh, it's crazy. It's impenetrable. And it is also sarcastic, making it so impossible to understand. Because they are... I thank you for your commentary. I wasn't done. Oh, good. okay, good. It's too much. But it's as long as the organs stop. aren't harvested from an innocent man, it's okay. But the president mm-hmm. visited the Chinese Organ Harvesting Center personally and approved of the practice of taking it from executed prisoners. Right. But, but. it's all okay because there are uh, a gang of rabbis in New York who traffic in illegal organs. Yes. Now I'm done. And you can okay. And I want the audience or the listeners to know that the last third of that had a lot of heavy winks. Like the characters were, they can't deliver the sarcasm, but you could tell they were trying because they were kind of like, wink. Like they were almost saying the word wink. Uh, and also, than... only about one third of that was sarcastic. Right. The rest was yes. maybe sincere conspiracy theories. And it's impossible to distinguish. It's stacked it's on top of each other. Just a nesting, a nesting doll, a layer cake right. of often conflicting conspiracy theories that ends with a gang of rabbis. <laughs> but also like a li- that libertarian sort of view that the thing that's holding progress back is ethics. Like if you could just let people... <laughs> do whatever they wanted, we could fucking get kidneys into the president. Like, oh, this fucking having to do what's right. You can't just grab a guy off the street and tear his kidneys out and put him in a different person. It's fucking let people be free. So this man, uh, he has made a movie about an entire movie about his 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 strange political. Actually, I'm going to hold on. Uh, let's go back to the clips. You piece of shit, stupid president. (laughs) You thought you were more powerful than God. You blew up those towers and killed thousands, including my father. Now you lie in your own poop and piss and stay there for days. Rosa depends, Adam. Here's some depends. (laughs) How often do you change his diapers? Every four hours, sir, just like you ordered. (laughs) (laughs) So every four hours they changed poop. So he's only spending, let me do the math, six hours a day not doing diaper stuff. (laughs) Yes, he gets gets 18 hours a day of just solid poop play nonstop. What man could resist such a, such a, a comatose president when you can see all of his holes? Nobody. Oh, if he was young. If only he was young. Uh, <laughs> the only thing, the only thing saving him is his age. No, we really like we pull out of that fucking nested conspiracy theory about like Chinese organs and rabbis, and then you stupid piece of shit president. <laughs> so funny. Such fucking whiplash in this movie. So we rant some more about stem cell research now. About yes, uh, is it po- is it pro or anti? I can't tell. I. 
Yeah, it feels both because it, it it feels both at it, the same time. It, this feels like that Venn diagram between libertarianism and like right wing Nazis, where like the libertarians want you just do whatever the fuck you want, right? Like take a dead baby and fuck with it. It's DNA. We don't care. And then like the God part of the argument, which is very much against that. And it's trying to meet somewhere in the middle. The politics in this are contradictory, uh, but they are from a madman. So I guess you'd expect that. Also, the, a lot of that sarcastic again, because they get deep into the conversation and start winking again. Like, oh, no, we could never take a Chinese baby and take its spinal cord. No, 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 wink. I may have missed some of the winks. Uh, it's possible they may have just been having spasms. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think all of these actors. Uh, I think some of them were on day passes from different medical uh, facilities. Right. They might have been actual coma from. victims. Yes. This is a, <laughs> a weekend at Bernie's puppet show. They have a press conference and it turns out uh, the president has rejected three sets of kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, there's no kidney good news, And there's no secret about what happened. The news is reporting that innocent boys were killed for their kidneys. That's the movie's words, not mine. Like they just ran them down in a field. The news instantly knows about it. Uh, And they say, uh, here's how, here's how subtle the political commentary is. Uh, One of the reporters stands up and says, can't you give the rejected kidneys to somebody else? And the president's aide comes out and says, no! Just a full understanding of how medicine and press conferences and politics work from the writer of this film. Uh, I think I, I, I didn't do that justice. Uh, it was it was Congressman Dracula who said, "No, <laughs> no, blah, no, can't you feed them to your press corps, blah." <laughs> uh, so the, the first lady's finally uh, informed that he might, the president might never come out of this. And she, uh, she's very insistent, very suddenly, that he would not want to live like that, and he wants to die. Well, that's our excuse to rant something about Kevorkian euthanasia. Yeah. Uh, we know the president ruled it out. Something, something stem cells. It's just I'm completely lost. I'm completely lost as to what this guy believes or what I should be learning yeah, from this Yeah, he kind of lists a bunch of weird side effects, if I remember, like... It's without just recording the entire movie and playing every clip back here. There's just certain sections of this movie. It's impossible to explain because yeah. it has no idea. Like sometimes the words don't mesh together, but it's something about euthanasia and stem cells and maybe anti Kevorkian, but pro euthanasia. I don't know. Uh, it ends with the doctor saying like, this is the only time this wild overacting is the only time I recognized sarcasm in the movie. <laughs> okay. The, doc- the doctor says, I can't participate in that. I don't want you to go into his room and turn off his right. ventilator. Oh, I would hate it if you went in there and cut his breathing tube. It's like a, just a, a man being dragged into like a meat grinder yeah. is delivering this, <laughs> this. But she gets it. So she goes in there and grabs some safety scissors and just starts cutting through <laughs> his breathing tube. Just cutting through tubes. <laughs> like, I think he was trying to give her, he didn't say he cut through. He was like, you can turn off this machine. And he was giving her an out. And she's like, got it. Safety scissors through the breathing tube. <laughs> uh, I do have a clip of that, of the nurse walking in. What are you trying to do? I want him dead. Well, if he's dead, I could lose my job. No, I'm <laughs> the first lady. No. I will protect no. you. Nuh-uh. If you or me 
Would you want your husband who ruled the world with an iron fist, who is more powerful than God, to live without dignity, without control of his bowels or urine? There it is. Mm -hmm. Wearing a diaper and dripping uh -huh. saliva from his mouth and living on a feeding tube? Please, let him die. I beg you. I will do anything you ask. Just oh, please let him die. You turned off the ventilator. He's already dead. <laughs> you stupid ass. <laughs> you gave him a fashion speech. You fucking died 10 minutes ago, lady. Oh, God, it's so weird. <laughs> and yet... There's, there's two, there's, I have to be at a funeral in 10 minutes, and then there's, I changed his diaper four hours ago, and then there's this, if he died, he's, he's already dead. He's already dead. He, he doesn't know their punchlines, but they're such good punchlines. They lines. are. The, I have to be at a funeral in 10 minutes, I fucking lost it for two minutes straight. <laughs> it's just so, right, it's a great punchline. It doesn't, like, the scene doesn't end there, nobody acknowledges it, in no way did he mean that as a punchline, right. but he has some really good ones. The best, like one of the best lines in the movie. They do revive him somehow, and for no reason. Yep. Uh, the doctor knows he wants to die. The wife knows he wants to die, so nobody authorized him. Yeah, he's now breathing on his own, so nobody can kill him. Uh, the nurse, <laughs> the nurse takes a call where she receives news that her replacement, who she let borrow her car. Uh, was followed, shot, and then her car hit a lamppost. <laughs> so. All of this was indecipherable to me. This is like where I, like my brain kind of stopped. It'll be different points in the movie for all of us. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about this. So the first lady was trying to have her killed. Right. Uh, and whoever right. took her car was killed instead. And she's, the, the nurse says, I think it was that first lady bitch. In fact, <laughs> I know it was her. And then... Nothing. The nurse is still around. Yeah, she does uh, not the leave. The first lady's still around. But they the will interact. But the other nurse is like, hey, this is the perfect opportunity for you to fake your death. And the doctor agrees. <laughs> he's like, this is terrible. This is, fake your death. This is terrible. And he's like, yeah, you should fake your death. And then she just never leaves. She's just hanging out the rest of the movie. <laughs> and then they interact. They see each other. And you're like, ah, well, it didn't take that first time I tried to kill you. So I guess we'll just drop it. Uh, the nurse is pissed off, though. She runs in and forgets that she's not the other nurse who just delivered the right. you killed my father. Yes. Uh, they merge stories here. So now her father is also dead. Uh, and she is going to lecture the president about uh, all the people he killed in 111 in Afghanistan and why he has to sit there in poopy pants. Uh, I think that's almost a direct quote. So let's go to the clips. Oh, thank you. Just think. You, you were once the, the most powerful, powerful man, man on earth, earth and, and now you poop, poop your, your pants. pants. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's the plot, the theme, and the a quote of the movie, I guess. That's, that's I would everything. argue the C plot of pooping has now taken over the Agreed. A plot of... Agreed. Can anybody remember? Can anybody remember what the A plot is? He, the president poops his pants. The name, the that's the name of the movie. Yes. The president shits in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and now you pooped your pants. Uh, I th here, I have a theory that I just came up with. Uh, the second nurse, I feel like this is test footage. This was an audition, and they're like, fuck, this is so good. We got to put this one in too. Because I feel like they had these ladies come in and say, tell this unconscious man that he killed your dad in 9 11, and tell him you're not going to change his underpants. And then he, they just used them both. They did? Yeah. 
They, or they forgot that they that it was a different character. That could be. Or they just decided that the skinny white lady, nobody would notice that we've replaced her with hey, a yeah. black woman. When you find gold, you put it in. You put it in. <laughs> this is some full Neil Breen shit here now, because then they have like a little girl in a doily that starts reading Bible quotes, and it converts. Uh, that's because that's because the nurse puts on a DVD of a five-year-old Amon who can speak five languages okay. on loop, and she says, okay. I, "I quote here." Okay. I'm sure you will appreciate his childish Muslim talk. Oh, that's a... Okay. Okay. I, I guess I just missed that. So he converts to Islam, I guess, is what I have in my notes next. Yes. Yeah. He watches this video one time mm -hmm. uh, of what appears to be a little white American girl speaking English. Within the nether realm. Yeah. In the nether realm. I, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention this was playing on the ghost TV, not the <laughs> right. real TV. Uh, and this immediately converts the president to Islam despite him hating it with all of his blood up to now. And he can enter heaven now. We know that because there is a medium slash angel, maybe? She yeah. just appears in the room. Right. That could be bad filmmaking. She could be an angel. No, she vanishes later, so I, she's definitely okay. a ghost or something. I had no idea. And she can hear him telepathically. She's the though. ghost That's of Christmas important. poop. <laughs> That's her new name. <laughs> uh... JB, I'm sorry, Ramadan? Oh, shit. I didn't say that. <laughs> Rama depends. The ghost of Rama depends. Oh, uh, that would be offensive if anybody was still listening to this podcast, which they are not. Uh, uh, better not be. So his name is, she tells the nurse, she can speak to the coma guy, and she's like, hey, nurse, his name is Abdullah now. And he tells me, you haven't been changing his diapers because there's just no fucking point of reference this writer has to anything other than pooping in your pants. Yes. We, this is, with the C plot has taken over the A plot. It's about the president's poop. Uh, there's a, a, an extended bit where they test if the medium can truly see <laughs> through the president's eyes with uh, the number of fingers. I don't know yeah. why we do any of this. Oh, it goes on for uh, but so it's long. Very, it's like somebody questioned him and he overcompensated. Yeah. Uh, but that can't be true. I can't imagine any of these people questioning anything this far into the movie. <laughs> right? Can you imagine, like, having filmed any of these scenes and then being like, uh, excuse me, how does she see? So the ghost president, uh, who went to heaven somehow, he says he saw Jesus in a parade of all of his victims, uh, the 111 ones who were turned into a, quote, a fine dust, which I don't think is what happened. Uh, but then, <laughs> God. and then a bloody creature pulled me into a hole. I did not want to go in there. It was very hot. <laughs> it's like a baby's understanding of hell. <laughs> word for word what he says. Yeah. A bloody creature pulled me into a hole. I did not want to go in there. It was very hot. Uh, uh, so he promises to tell the truth about 111 if he can only wake up because he's very sorry. And let's go to the clips again God. here. Oh, I see. Don't tell me that you're sorry for everything you did. She can't hear him. Right. <laughs> we sorry. forgot. You. I want to apologize to everybody. I want to apologize for 111. I was ignorant. <laughs> you did many bad things. You know that? You blew up those towers. You blew up my father. He was a firefighter. His bone fragment was found many years later on top of another skyscraper. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know about it. I was told something as big as Pearl Harbor was being planned and was coming. I had no idea what they were planning. 
Our allies had planned this for 10 years. What Only Dick fuck? knew about the details. I did not plan it. If me had planned it, me would have done it differently. There you go. There it is. Oh, there it is. fuck. Every nurse in this fucking hospital had a father who died at 9-11. Who exploded onto a rooftop oh, years later. God, they found like a chunk of him on a different skyscraper. Guys, that fucked me up when she said that a chunk of him was <laughs> If you were to tell me just like that sentence, you will laugh your ass off. Yep. I, my, my firefighter father exploded and they found his bone friend. And you know, <laughs> well, he sells it. There's some whiff yeah. of like the director as he's writing this, like that's a story that he found through like a Wikipedia article. And it's like, okay, right. that's, right. I have to put this in the movie. Gotta. On a 4chan board, I will, or 8chan board, I want to say. <laughs> uh, downgraded him four whole chans just then. He's, oh, the president says he really doesn't want to die. Uh, the nurse says, maybe you didn't want to die, just like those thousands of towers did not want to die. <laughs> I don't think that was the right Yeah, nope. of course, we get what they meant. <laughs> uh, those thousands of towers did not want to die that he killed. Uh, the angel slash medium explains to her that, that the sermon she put on, this, this sermon uh, in the ghost realm, of the five-year-old uh, imam is what saved his soul, and uh, she has some words. He's very grateful to you for playing that sermon, sister. You saved his soul. I saved his soul? What the bleep? What the bleep? I want him to burn I in hell. I want him to burn in hell. Allah sees the hearts of people, sister. He was only a victim himself. He simply went along with evil only because he wanted to keep his presidency. Only because he likes now being he president. Is forgiven. Come on. He's born again yeah, a new man. Yeah, fine. You're making all this up, aren't you? Oh, sister. <laughs> he said he's sorry for everything he did. He is sorry for keeping Gotham's head in a wooden box in his garage. He wants <laughs> it to be buried. You bleepin' bleep. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, that's too stupid. You bleep and bleep. Why are we, why are we bleeping in text now? What? Bleep and, she doesn't want to curse at work. She's a professional. She's going to lose her job. That was, that was what? That was, that was 43 seconds of clip. Uh, I don't know if anyone has sucked so this bad happened. at her job. Like she comes, it takes her two hours to change a diaper. Uh, she almost lets her patient die. Then she like loses an argument to a ghost. She accidentally converts the president to Islam. And saves his soul. Yeah, I really just feel like you can't be a worse nurse to a president than this. What the bleep? What the bleep? <laughs> you bleep uh, and bleep. And then she, then so, she vanishes. She does the, the full-on ghost vanish on her. Yes. And after they she vanishes into into thin air, they do later discuss whether or not she was pulling some sort of scam, even right. though they know she's an angel now. Yeah. Was that an angel <laughs> scam? Do you think that angel was running a running a grift on us? Uh, For angel juice, they're always after their angel juice. There's a uh, there's a thing uh, I want to talk about. There's the the doctor and the first lady. They go out to the parking lot, and they talk about. We haven't talked about the D plot, which is there's a brainwave computer that kind of changes from scene to scene that can take his brainwaves and turn them into speech. Um, maybe. maybe, but they, they keep trying this in different ways. This keeps getting injected into the script in different ways. And 
the first lady's like, yeah, fucking do it. Plug him into the thing. And then the doctor takes a call from his wife. And the first lady stays right in his face. And he's like, okay, yeah, honey. Yeah, okay, cool. Like, I'll pick up, the, like, a totally regular conversation. Then after all this pointless call, they just cut the scene. And I, it, it's, it, was, it stunned me. I just have it in my notes that this was amazing. Like, no ordinary person would have ever done this. Well, that's to set up. That's so that you know the doctor has a wife. Oh, right. <laughs> which, is, which is important. Holy because they shit. pull him aside in like two or three scenes later, they pull him aside to inform him that his servant is being deported. And then his wife comes in and says, uh, in a very roundabout way, uh, she's leaving him for the servant. And she's taking the children with him, uh, all being deported to Mexico. Right. Because this man, the doctor, the chief physician, remember the chief physician, uh, his penis is too small. Right. And that's why she's so leaving she's, him. But it's played... His penis is so small she's going to Mexico. <laughs> no reason for this. The doctor has done nothing to deserve this as a character. I guess, no, he did, like, plan the harvesting of those innocent kidneys. So maybe he this is... He did endorse the rape of the 15-year-old coma patient. Yeah, well, he excused it maybe, at the very least. At the very least, he made a lot of excuses for it. Okay, okay, fair. Chief physician. I'm just saying, note. this guy gets his life fucking blown up. Like... His dick is too small to for for love, and his wife leaves him with the kids. Uh, I imagine it's not going to be good for his career, <laughs> you know. And yet, it has no bearing on his performance for the rest of this plot. Yeah, uh, that's over, and it that's will never over. be mentioned yeah. again. It doesn't change that character in any way. Doesn't have any effect on the plot. Uh, his dick was so small she had to leave the country. <laughs> is is what I got out of that hey, scene. Uh, I mean, we go back to the. I don't want to brag, go but back to the, I, I've made at least 20 women do that. Uh, I, I have the opposite problem. There's just not enough room in the country. <laughs> uh, like, it's just a pra- it's out of practicality. You should move to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I've never, I've never had a threesome just because it, nobody else fits in the room. Like, it's, it's one, one tops. Hey, you uh, guys talking about your dick size. Clap, 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 Cut out. You can cut out this. <laughs> Don't you dare. Uh, so we go back to the president, and he is dressed up in a ghost suit. So he has a ghost change of clothes, where he is holding a ghost press conference with his real doctors and nurses <laughs> to apologize for 111. Uh, he does repeat, if me done it, me would have done it differently, uh, to just to prove, like, no, yeah, I didn't. That I didn't was intentional. Yeah, yeah. That was intentional. Or just uh, such a great going- joke, hit it twice. That's what we. That's where this scene goes. That's the point of the scene. Uh, they're going to send him to China for stem cell cloning, maybe? Something. Uh, the writer doesn't quite understand. They covertly swap his body in for another coma patient, <laughs> which is... <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a language barrier to some of this. I know there's a sanity barrier to a lot of this. <laughs> But remove all of that, this is still seven-year-old sleepover logic. Yeah. Like, this is still like a grown man should not think this way. We're going to put a pillow under the blankets so people will think the president's still on the bed and fly to a less ethical country to get clone juice into our president so we can okay, change so his diaper. so the cover story, which we learned through the, the amateur wrestler reporter, uh, <laughs> who's... For some reason, just, I guess they told him, talk more with your hands, and he's now doing, like, 
sign language. He's just he's doing, attempting sign uh, language. He's doing Chris Farley's El Nino character, if you recall he's doing that. Fucking semaphore at an airport. He's <laughs> he's he's okay. So he's explaining the cover story, which is that. There's some sort of super infection in the president and nobody can see him while he's in China. Now, remember, this is the cover story. He's actually in China. Right. Uh, They have this inception brain technology. It finally works to speak to the president. So the first lady wants to ask him one question, but she can't because the president has this super infection, which I guess she doesn't know isn't real. They don't explain this to the first lady. Okay. So the doctor instead explains to her that the president will only respond. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is what happens. It gets it, it's madness. The doctor explains he will only respond to mosquito sounds now and <laughs> has lost his speech center. Yeah, that makes sense. I, that's close to what I had in my notes. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. mostly had question marks. <laughs> yeah. The, the president will only respond to mosquito sounds now. He has lost his speech center. <laughs> fucking pure madness uh, so they cut they cut to the first lady inspecting just inspecting knives I yeah. guess in a comedy bit uh, yeah cause they're all the same like, knife yes it's like a kitchen and knife and she finally block. decides this knife is great uh, it's a kitchen knife and she just walks back to the hospital and stabs this body multiple times in total silence it's super fucked up it's fucked up it, uh, this is she misses the body by like four feet like they kind of pan up so you can't see the knife go in and she's clearly stabbing several feet away from where the body was but at this point i'm like i feel like i'm laughing at a sick dog like at this point like some some switch got flipped in my brain where it's like oh i can't laugh at this the people who made this are fucking idiots like like medically so you guys are here you're all critiquing the filmmaking i'm so on board i'm so enwrapped in the world I envy you. And how stupid it is. I can only I can only see how stupid it is in the world. Oh, that makes sense. So she calls the chief physician to tell him the president is dead and swears him to silence and uh, ask him to fake his own death in Lalo. This is their only solution to anything. Everybody right. has to fake their own death all the time. Uh, they do have the president in China. So I guess the first lady never right. once looked at his face the entire time. <laughs> Because <laughs> they said she it was a different know. guy, but yeah. she doesn't no- notice. There's no like in movie reason why she can't see his face. But she stabbed that. I'm gonna assume a hobo. Could have been anybody. Uh, many times. Now the logic here is that we have the actual president in China. Uh, the first lady thinks she's killed the president, so we have no choice but to announce the death of the president. Yeah. Or else we'll have to admit to the first lady that we sent him to China. Part of the problem here is that. It, they have to fake his death, and the hospital staff is going to have to keep them al- keep the president alive with their own money, and they just can't afford that. They're like, yes. it's we don't we don't make enough as like nurses to fucking keep a president alive in a coma. And uh, this is all made as part of a political agenda. What would you say is being advocated here? <sighs> I would say um, any guess. Socialization of diapers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I have no guesses. I have no guesses as to Robert, what. I have no idea. <laughs> this is... You made an entire movie to do nothing but deliver your insane 
conspiracy political rants to the camera. These, these characters just turn and look at the camera and oh, yeah. deliver speeches over and over and over again. He had nothing but a clear platform for his beliefs, and I have no guess as to what they are. If he was trying to convert me or even just talk to me, I, I don't know how this guy would vote. If you like just a simple, <laughs> who would he like for president? I can't even say that he doesn't like George Bush now. Because now yeah. George Bush was a victim and he's going to heaven. So, what? Uh, <laughs> With that vermin supreme. There's that guy that wears the boot on his head that like runs for president every year. That guy. He's yeah. voting for that guy. What, in yeah, England? Yeah. yeah. He might yeah. be that guy. This might be, this might be a pseudonym. <laughs> no, because that's actual satire. This is like... <laughs> If you know anything about that, that's that's actual satire. But like this, this is this is we keep saying the mind of a madman, but it mm-hmm. literally is that. Like, there's no way to like parse sanity from this. Now, I will say we picked one movie out of he has done five movies, so uh, he has recorded more for the annals of history, I guess, than almost. Like percentage wise than almost any other human being. So (laughs) the odds that his viewpoints will survive time are much greater than whoever is listening to this. God, can you imagine an archaeologist finding these tapes and nothing else? Somebody will. Somebody will find (laughs) this. No context. (laughs) (laughs) A thousand years from now in the digital rubble, Uh, they'll unearth this and decide that we deserved whatever it was we got, which I imagine is pretty bad. I do like how the first lady finds out the president's not dead because she's traveling the world on a quest to find someone who can talk to the dead to tell her the secret code to the box. Yes. And she finds a guy and she's like, I have searched everywhere for you. You can speak to the dead. He's like, yeah, your husband's not dead. Can I, can I pause you real quick? Oh, do you have a clip of this? Uh, no, no, I don't have a clip of this. I just want to remind everybody that they established earlier they can just break the lock of the box. Right. Yeah, they, that's a that's She's a good traveling point. the world to avoid breaking the lock. <laughs> it's a really nice lock. Searches, she's traveling the world looking for somebody who can speak to the dead mm-hmm. so that she doesn't have to jimmy a lock. Right. And the head he has because he said, I want Gotham's head on a silver platter. And like his Secret Service agents were like, oh, okay, boss. <laughs> and they like literally went and got the human head and put it on a serving tray. Yes. And he's like, so now no, we know you, what's in fo- the box. you fools. I guess I'll put it in a box. It's a real good lock. He's keeping, in fiction, George W. Bush is keeping the head of Saddam Hussein in a box in his garage with with the secret code to 10% of the world's money. Yes. <laughs> I can't even and, say it without... And the first without, lady... Like, if a kid was playing this as a game and I overheard that, I'd be like, hold on, I have to explain some things to you. Yeah, yeah. You're you playing got a lot this wrong. game too badly. Yeah. yeah. And so she's... Tr- Touring the world's wizards for someone who can open the box and <laughs> finally finds a wizard that can speak to the dead. And he's like, no, but you got it. You got it all wrong, lady. So now she converts to Islam, too. She converts to Islam almost accidentally. Yeah. I, just get I don't too think close she fully it. realizes it. And they they also kill this Muslim. Uh, right. Yes, because he's Muslim. You've got to kill him. Yes. They also kill him because they don't know another way to end the scene. Uh, he has also prophesied that the president will die in a watery grave now. Sure. So there is there that. Is that. They don't pay that off, though, do they? Uh, yeah, they do, sort of. Uh, so the first lady calls the hospital. They immediately admit the president is still alive. But then they say, well, keep that secret because you did murder that guy. Right. Uh, nice who I guess might have woken up. 
uh, no, the, the holy man tells her the president is going to give away all of his money if he ever wakes up. And uh, to that, she says, no, that is a lot of money. I want that money. <laughs> so, uh, so you got her motivation there. Yep. It's just good writing. They murder the Muslim, as we all must do to end a scene. Uh, the news then announces very quickly, you might have missed this, it's on a newscast in the background that a private jet was brought down by a missile and crashed in the ocean and the unnamed coma patient pa- passenger was lost. I don't know why we don't know his name. I guess we haven't. So they went with the, the they went with the uh, final episode of MASH on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Okay. They were just, ah, just shoot him. Just kill him. <laughs> just kill them all. Uh, okay. I, get, I did miss that. So I gl- I'm glad it paid off, the watery grave thing. Okay, it was Al-Qaeda that shot the missile, and they weren't aiming for the president. They were aiming for an unrelated plane. And the new president vows revenge for this one unnamed coma patient. He is going to now wage a complete war in, pa- in Pakistan and Afghanistan. And then they say, they end the newscast by saying, and he is now killing people with drone strikes, as though he just started (laughs) (laughs) during the newscast. Uh, And that's it. It abruptly cuts to a screen that just says, and they all lived happily ever after. I'm not fucking with you. That's the end of the movie. That's what it says. It just cuts right the fuck off. And he is now killing people with drone strikes. And And, they all lived happily ever after. And nothing else strange happens at all. And that's it. Nothing else happens except... For the Bollywood dance number. <laughs> okay, well, w- when it happened, when it said, and they all live happily ever after, I got the impression that it was this, like, sly, like, wink to the camera, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, this is all bullshit. Yo, hey, <laughs> 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 Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I genuinely have no idea. If you asked me two hours before I saw this movie, I would have been like, I think I... I understand sarcasm, but after the end of this movie, I'm like, nope, I have no idea. I don't know what any yeah. of these. Oh, this took a lot away from me. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't even know how this guy would vote, but I also, I don't know uh, individual particulates anymore. I don't know a lot about brain science. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to vote. Look, as a person <laughs> that's made low-grade porn, um, I know what it is. I know why it cut off that soon. It's because... Uh, you no longer had access to your actors, and you ran out of DV tapes, and you just oh oh this is this this is the end this is the end. Well, we must have filmed the Bollywood dance number that I was not joking about. I, I worry that the audience at home thinks that yeah. no, of course this doesn't end with the Bollywood dance number like the end of RRR, but it does. The whole cast is here: the farting, shitting president. The angry, both angry diaper uh, father murdered 9-11 uh, poop nurses. Uh, the murderous first lady, the cuckolded small cock doctor, uh, <laughs> all the murdered priests, which are one guy. Uh, everyone does this choreographed dance number to this really old lo-fi Bollywood song. And the nurse, the big black nurse, pretends to lip sync it, which is kind of funny. Uh, but she also doesn't, she pretends in the sense that like, that like you would rub peanut butter on the teeth of a horse. Yeah. To get into, like... <laughs> God. Yeah, it's really mean spirited that it keeps going. Like she's like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, you don't even. You, I don't even think she listened to it once. She is no. just moving her mouth. But this part gave me the biggest laughs I got because I, I noticed the president was also credited as president's friend, dancer, lighting and set decoration. The two different credits for those. And also location facilitation. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> uh, and then the final line in house. the credit said, this is a fictional story. Any resemblance to real people, places, or events is purely coincidental and unintentional. What a coincidence. Fucking hilarious. 
<laughs> which, like, I noticed that too. I think that was just something he copied and pasted because that's what makes your movie feel like a real movie. I'm a real filmmaker. And now you poop your pants. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. generations, the Hot Dog Mountains have had more sightings of mysterious creatures than anywhere else in the United States. Now hardcore hunter and husky ninja Sean Baby, along with his partner, the chemically augmented Trappist Brockway, are after the most dangerous, most mysterious creatures in the world, the Supremes. Three Finger Louie, Aaron Croston, known by locals as Medium Foot. Adrian H., Aiden Muat, Unandy, Armando Knopp, Badger, sometimes called Old Skunkfoot, Benjamin Siran, Bim Talzer, Brandon Garlock, Brian Saylor, Brianne Whitney, Alpha Queen of the Demon Coyotes, Burrito, Cyril, Chance McDermott, Chase the Mothfoot whose daddy was Bigfoot and whose mama was the Mothman. Chris Brower, Clementine Danger. Craig Lemoyne, actually five chupacabras snapped together like Voltron. Dan B, Devin, the Rogue Supreme. David Schull, the Goose Boy of Smack'em Holler. Dean Costello, Dr. Ogden. Grayson, original flavor Bigfoot. Dusty's rad title, the new Bigfoot who killed original flavor Bigfoot. Eric Spalding, Every Zig, the ghost of Bigfoot. Fancy Shark, Gareth, Bigfoot Ghostbuster. Jellaho, Greg Cunningham, the Bigfoot who kills Bigfoot Ghostbusters. Hambone, Haraka. Harvey Penguin, the Music City Wolfman. Hot Fart, Hawk. Jaber Al Aiden. Jeff Araski, Bigfoot's evil doppelganger from the Darkfoot Dimension. Jim Salter, John Dean, John Hector McFarlane, John McCammon, John Minkoff, Joseph Searles, whom locals call Chucklefoot for his amiable nature and smiling feet, Josh Fabian, Josh Quicksall, Josh S., Joshua Graves, Ken Paisley, the Rhode Island Boatfoot, K&M, Lisa, the Bigfoot who got a trucking license and makes $1,500 a week, Go on ahead and ask Truckfoot how. M. Jahi Chappelle, Mac Miserable, sometimes called Glumfoot, sworn enemy of Chucklefoot. Matt Riley, Max Baroy, Michael Lair, Partyfoot. Michael Wells, Mickey Loman, Mike Styles, Moju. Andy D. the Pittsburgh Wampus, the only cryptid known to steal catalytic converters. Neil Bailey, Neil Schaefer, Neku 104. Nick Ralston, Ozzy Olin, the Bigfoot who learned sign language and won't shut 
of Patrick Herbst, Rachel, Rev, Rhiannon, Sarkovsky, the reckless bastard who brought language to the feet, Sean Chase, Spotty Reception, Supernaut, Ted H, Reverse Possessed Double Bigfoot. That's right, he puts the spirits of two big feet in you. Thomas Cavazos, Timmy Leahy, Toasty God, Tom Sakula, Tommy G, Waylon Russell, the Waylon Wahoo of Walla Walla. That was a, that was a cute one. That was just for me. Yanis Ioannidis, Yosarian, and the biggest game of all, the last thing countless Bigfoot has ever seen in this bad old world. They'd call him the Widowmaker if any Bigfoot hunter ever had a wife. He's the vile one, that old enemy, Alpha Scientist Javo, whom locals call, when they dare to speak of him at all, Jerkfoot.